Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Welcome in to episode number 537 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB coming at you with a soul. No, not solo because DJ's in the house. DJ's here because we are covering college lacrosse this entire weekend. And then we're going to Albany for PLL coverage of opening weekend for the Outside the Box podcast. So DJ's going to be in studio for nearly every goddamn podcast we have on the network this next week. So get used to seeing his face in studio. He's going to be here for the main pod on Wednesday night with Matt and myself. He'll probably be sitting somewhere in the studio, probably running research and everything for us and third miking, and we'll have to rig up another camera somewhere because that's just how we do things. But DJ's in studio, and um, I think this is the first episode of the main pod you've been on since last summer when Matt Gelb and Jamie Apodi were beefing over Nick Castellanos, which is absolutely hilarious. We're going to get into the fills. We're going to get into Nick Nurse and the ever-growing speculation of him becoming the next head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. And we'll get into the Philadelphia Union as well because they're right where we want them. They're right where we want them after a slow start playing all these games and everything due to uh, CONCACAF Champions League. They're right back in the mix, ladies and gents. So we'll talk Union as well. Plus, we'll, uh, we'll tease some things that we were cooking up this weekend down in South Philly at the Link. Deej had his first Link experience. Even though it wasn't a Birds game, he got to experience the Link up close and personal. We saw some people get kicked out of the Link, status quo. And uh, we've got a very fun Man on the Street video coming to the YouTube channel uh, pretty soon. Hopefully by early this week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but before we get started, make sure you're following us on the socials. At Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Casarina. And follow Deej on Twitter. I know it's not exactly right because the font we have to use on here doesn't have an underscore, but it is SCS underscore next great on the tweet machine. Uh, make sure you follow him there. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. It really does go a long way for helping the show continue to grow. Helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia. And as we mentioned uh, on the last solo episode, it is up to something season. We are up to something. And if you subscribe to the pod feed, it's going to help exponentially. And what else is going to help is if you subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get two episodes a week of this podcast in full video form. Every podcast on our network, shorts, clips, live streams. We did an impromptu OTB cast uh, for the NLL Finals Game 1. You get live streams on the YouTube channel. We're working on some more interviews across the board. Um, plus, you'll get up to something season updates on the YouTube as well. Go subscribe. We're at 507 subscribers right now. 
on that road to 600, trying to get there before the end of June. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia. And when we get to a thousand subscribers and surpass a thousand, we got big news about YouTube. So go subscribe. Let's get there faster uh, than we expect. Like we did for 500 subscribers. Also, as always, this podcast presented by the City of Vineland and the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Finally, New Jersey, where it's always growing season, and big thank you to Maine Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland for their continued support of this podcast. Deej, welcome back to the main pod. We have had ourselves quite a weekend. We feel geriatric, um, but nonetheless, we are here. You're back on the main show. And what would it be uh, with the Phillies stumbling, you're in town, and maybe, just maybe, this coming week, things will turn right for the Phillies as they did last season. I mean, why not? That's what I do. I come here and I make things good. You're the Phillies whisperer. I I am. Maybe we need to take a trip just by Citizens Bank. We just need to, like... Hey, we've we've been by Citizens Bank. Yeah, but we didn't, like... One, two, three, uh... Like about 15 times already say, in two days. Maybe a little more than that. <laughs> we just got to go and touch it, though. I just got to go and touch the building. And I you think, have to whisper to the bricks. See? You get it. You Honey, get I'm it. Home. It's right there. The brick whisperer. Oh, how I missed you so much. You're so beautiful. You're the broker. <laughs> Citizens Bank, you're the broker. Or the unbroker. See? See? This is, this is, I need a new nickname. This is what it is. The Philly broke. You need a new Twitter display name once lacrosse season, college lacrosse season's over. In fact, because a lot of man's not going to be The it. Citizens Bank broker. <laughs> no free ads. Oh, it might just hilarious. work. Hilarious. <laughs> that might just work. The Phillies, though, they are playing currently, as we record this bottom of the sixth inning, Sunday night baseball, which is absolutely cursed. And as soon as I saw they were wearing the red uniforms tonight, I knew the game was over before it started. Leave those uniforms in clear water. They are spring training uniforms. I'm tired of seeing them. We always get our shit pushed in when we wear them. So stop wearing them. Um, it is 10-2 Braves right now in the bottom of the sixth. But... On the bright side of things, and before we keep going, this Philly segment is brought to you by our awesome merch partners at PHI Apparel Company, and they would love this rant because they are very pro-Phillies, they're very pro-Philadelphia, and they're very pro-underground sports Philadelphia. Uh, They are our exclusive merch provider, and they provide unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of Philadelphia and our podcast network with their original designs for all. There's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd. Our listeners can use promo code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co, code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any and all merch orders. It's the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing here at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Go get your merch. I'm wearing the the classic logo tee right now. If you're watching on YouTube, you can get this outside the box. Top binge streamer season. Uh, get in the hole. Plus, uh, we're working on getting F1 Underground merch up. We have new merch in the works across the board. You can get your Philly Dog shirt that we designed uh, as well that is up in the store. 
I will be certainly getting the uh, shirt that is the fanatic punching Mr. Met in the mouth uh, to wear to Baltimore this year when we're on the road for the PLL. And the day before, I'm going to Mets Orioles, so I have to uh, stand in solidarity with the Orioles. Um, and it's Muck the Fets. They also have a shirt that says Muck the Fets on their website. So go get that and use code underground for 10% off any and all merch orders. Um, I think going into this series, though. Can I, can I know why it's Muck the Fets and not? Fuck the Mets. There's a weird thing where, yes, our brains would be like, I need that shirt. There's a weird thing, though, that I have started to learn as I've d gone into the deep dives of, of business sides of things where people see things and it's like, oh, I can't wear that in public. But Muck the Fets messes, messes with the, the brain that everybody has that they're not truly dyslexic. But you have that thing where, like, you just read something and you recognize it as what your brain wants it to. Well, yeah. That's been a trending thing on Facebook recently. Well, it's yeah, like, your brain doesn't read it all, every right. letter. You're not going through and reading it. So it's like an optics thing. And then it's like, oh, I can wear this in public because it's not exactly saying the word. So basically, we're just waiting for the boomers to die off. <laughs> he said it, not me, folks. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I mean... I think for this Philly series, though, if you told me going into it against the Braves, who coming into this series, let's remove to they were 30 and 19 coming into this series. The Phillies were 23 and 26. I think if you told everybody that the Phillies split with the Braves going into this series, you would have asked, where do we sign on the dotted line? Because the Braves have been that much better this year across the board. The Phillies have been unpredictable in a lot of facets. And, yes, it's it's a divisional game, and the divisional games this year across Major League Baseball mean way more than they have in years past because you play less of them. But I think if you told us 2-2 two and two against the Braves in a four-game series in Atlanta, that's amazing, especially knowing tonight you were throwing Dylan Covey on the mound, who just got to this team last week and is more than likely going to uh, be designated for assignment or sent to AAA by the time the sun comes up tomorrow because he was horrendous tonight didn't even get out of the first inning gave up five runs um the phillies need dave dombrowski to get on the phones as soon as this holiday is over i don't know if people are going to be on their phones in terms of front office people uh but as soon as possible more than likely tuesday morning and go and find a starting pitcher that is an actual starting pitcher that can pitch to major league talent and look somewhat decent because the Phillies can't keep navigating through the the dog days of summer going into the month of June come all-star break you can't wait until the trade deadline to go get a number five starter Bailey Falter did not work you banked on him being something he started 0-7 this year was terrible you had to send him down to Lehigh Valley I get that you need to go and get a number five starter and just because the trade deadline's in July doesn't mean you can't go swing a trade you know, in early June, the Phillies went and got Edmundo Sosa in June last year. It went under the radar. He's turned in, he turned into a, a postseason hero against the Cardinals and he's turned into a fan favorite since that's something that they are going to be able to do. And I, I need the Phillies to go and find a number five starter on a team that is just quite frankly, not that good. Like looking at the standings right now, Maybe give a call to the Colorado Rockies. They're six games under 500, and I think everybody can come to the conclusive evidence. The Rockies are not going to win their division because the Dodgers are there. They're 10 games over 500, and the Diamondbacks this year are just somehow really good. 
They're 30 and 23. They're going to be around. Rockies probably not going to be making the playoffs this year, and they're going to fall off. I'd call the Rockies about starting pitching. I would call maybe the Chicago White Sox about starting pitching because they are absolutely dreadful this year. They have fallen below expectation. And if you really want to go for it, as the Phillies' uh, Kyle Schwarber uh, knows that June is right around the corner and just hit a two-run home run to cut it to 10-4. Uh, let's go. Need it. Need My it. fantasy squad is Need it. hyped this week. Need the Schwar bombs. I also, I mean, I this game has been fantastic for my fantasy squad. Because, I mean, I got Olsen, too. He's cracked two of them. But to know Schwarber just hit a, 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 He's a Schwar stud. bomb for, for two, I love it. I love He's it. He's a stud. I would call the – and if you really want to go all in, I would call the Cleveland Guardians. Like, yes, the AL Central is abysmal this year across the board. Duh. But it doesn't seem like the Guardians are going to be – a team of destiny like they typically are. They're 23 and 29 right now. And somehow the twins are in first place. Only a game. What I would give to be in this division. Your Tigers are very lucky that they have a, a clear like view of potentially going and winning this division because of how bad it is. The twins are one game over 500 and they're in first place. That doesn't make me feel better. That makes me feel worse. That's good for a young team, though. That makes me feel worse because we're still going to go and lose the division this year. (laughs) You might find a way. It might be the Miggy Magic. The Miggy Retirement Tour Magic might kick in. I say right here, if we manage to get in the playoffs, I'm buying tickets. I'm going. (laughs) I know that much. And second, I mean, in terms of pitching, though, you're absolutely correct. We're kind of in the same boat. Speaking of the Tigers, like Casey Mize has been awful. Literally turned out to be one of the worst decisions we've made as a team. And then everybody behind them is, like, either coming back from injury or just hasn't proven themselves at this level. Like, we need more consistent pitching. And you guys are just are in a better position. Like, you're playing pretty well. You're making your way up into your division uh, toward the top. And really all you're missing out on is pitching. You guys hit well. You field well. But the bullpen's been – on paper, it's the best bullpen I remember the Phillies having in my lifetime. Obviously, there's some injuries right now um, with Jose Alvarado being out and Sir Anthony Dominguez just hasn't been right this year so far. But when you have a team constructed like the Phillies are constructed where you've bought a lot of the pieces, you obviously signed Bryce Harper, you signed Kyle Schwarber to that big contract, Nick Cassianos to the big contract, you traded for it and signed JT Real Muto, Zach Wheeler, Taiwan Walker got a huge contract. Uh, obviously Trey Turner, who has played well below expectation this year. You, you've gone out and essentially put a target on your back without putting a target on your back because the Phillies, yes, they went to the World Series last year, ended up losing, but they haven't won anything with this collective group. Yes, they've won postseason series, which is huge. That's massive for this group winning together because a few years ago, uh, before we signed Schwarber and Cassianos, this was probably like 2019, it felt like this team like was just a, a an island of misfit toys because they had never won anything collectively together. They had all won in different places, but they had never won as a team together. Now you have success, and you've added Trey Turner to the mix. You've added great pieces to the bullpen. That shouldn't mess too much with the chemistry. And yes, you guys know me. You know Matt. We miss Reese Hoskins. 
Reese Hoskins is the, the heartbeat of this team. Yes, there are other vocal leaders, but Reese Hoskins is the thing that makes this engine go, and him not being there is a huge detriment to this team. You miss his bat in the middle of the lineup. You miss his vocal energy. It, it is evident. While other guys are stepping up for sure, you still can't replicate what Reese Hoskins brings to this team. So that is an obvious you know point of emphasis that you're missing your, your guy. If I'm the Phillies, though, I'm looking at the Chicago White Sox team. I think we may be thinking about the same person. There are two guys that – actually, th- four guys, honestly. I would give a call about everybody in this starting rotation. From Lance Lind to Lucas Giolito to Dylan Cease and, more importantly, Michael Kopech. Definitely Kopech. Kopech is a guy who's a highly touted prospect, obviously. He's got a flamethrower of an arm. He's already had Tommy John surgery, so hopefully, you know, he won't have to have that again just for his own sake. And he's still pitching very well. Still right pitching now. well. They're just not playing well behind him. Right. And where's Chris Sale at these days? Still with the Red Sox and pitching pretty well this year. Of course. He's got a good team behind him too. So that division is just a gauntlet too. Oh, yeah. It always Everybody's is. at least two games over five hundred. But I would I would call the White Sox and say what is your price for these four guys? Come together as a front office if you're the Phillies. Figure out which one of these guys makes the most sense. I think in order of price and player that they are, it's probably most expensive Dylan Cease because he's coming off of a Cy Young performance last season or near Cy Young performance. I forget if he actually won it last year. I think he did, um, unless it was Verlander. Michael Kopech would be number two. I think Giolito would be number three, and then Lance Lynn's 3A for me. You'd probably be able to get Lance Lynn for the cheapest because he's older. I don't know his contract situation. I'll look that up. But those are four guys that this season, I would almost guarantee three of those four get traded somewhere by the trade deadline. Between Lance Lynn, Giolito, and if a team really wants to swing for the fences, Dylan Cease. Or Michael Kopech. Because the White Sox, it's not working with this team. They are just a a dysfunctional organization, to say the least. I think they truly just need to blow it up and start fresh, start new, and figure it out from the ground up. Those four guys would fetch you zillions of prospects. And sure, you don't want to bank your future on the unknown. But if you're a team that is 11 games under 500 right now with the talent on this roster, you got to go somewhere. I'm calling the White Sox tomorrow and seeing what the price is for those four guys. As a Tigers fan, outside looking in, because we obviously aren't going to get anyone from them in a trade. They, like, never trade in division. They, they hate doing Except that. Except with the Chicago Cubs. They trade with the Cubs, though. They trade in between, uh, you know, north and south, but not with the division. It's very weird. It is. It's extremely weird, but I don't pay any attention to it because – they're from Chicago and they're the White Sox. That's just what they do. If I was the Phillies, I wouldn't even call about the four of them. I would simply call about Brooks. I would just make it very direct. What what's your what's your price for Brooke? What do you want? Let's talk. And if that doesn't work out, then you slide in a few other names. But I would go straight for Brooke. Like he's the best pitcher. Probably on their roster. I mean, yes, he's had a really good year last year and is coming off the Cy Young. Oh, Dylan Cease, you mean? Yeah. 
So it's arguably he's just as good, but Brooke has been good for a few years now, and it's been consistent. I would just call for him, see what they want, and if it's out of reach, that's when you decide to throw in a few other names. But where the White Sox are right now and how dumb they've been with trades in the past, (laughs) just take a shot because you may get lucky and it may be like you got some cash. (laughs) <laughs> and, and then just move on with the day like it, it's wild yeah I'm like looking here just to see how their seasons are going like Lance Lynn has not been that great this year he's 4-5 and five with a 5-8-3 ERA in 11 games this year um, he's also 36 years old so I don't know if the Phillies want to give up too much for a 36 year old potential rental um, Michael Kopech this year is three and four with a four two four ERA. Um, he's only twenty seven, so you're probably still gonna have to give up a decent amount for um, for Kopech simply because he's theoretically in his prime. Um, but again, I would do it because I think he's that talented. And I think he would be phenomenal for um, this rotation. Dylan Cease is also twenty seven, but obviously has pitched more effectively in a more recent time frame. Um, he's 3-3 three and three with a 4-6-0 ERA. And then Lucas Giolito is 28 years old. And he is... Looking at his stats here. He's 3-4 and four with a 3-9-8 ERA. He's got a better ERA than I thought. He's just not striking guys out as much as he traditionally does. Mm-hmm. Or traditionally has, I should say. Um, what are his strikeout numbers this year? He's got 64 strikeouts. So it's a, it's getting better for him this year. I I think I would go... Thinking that Dylan Cease is going to be a guy that goes to a team like... He, he seems like a, a guy the Yankees would trade for or a team like the Orioles, the way they're playing this year, if they really want to make a push. A team like that, the Mariners, uh, the Astros. He's a guy like that where like a team that's really just going to push all the chips in the middle. Even the Texas Rangers this year are really good, and they signed their entire rotation pretty much. Um, but DeGrom is always a question mark. They're they're the most injury-prone rotation on paper in baseball. So somebody's yes. bound to get injured for them for a duration of time. <laughs> they seem like a team that Dylan Cease would get traded to. So I would honestly look at Lucas Giolito. I would look at Michael Kopech, figure out what it's going to take to get either of them. Hopefully, you, you know – and I would still keep your top three pitching prospects off the table. You're obviously not going to trade Mick Abel because when he comes – or uh, Andrew Painter because when he comes back from injury, he's going to be in this rotation. Mick Abel is pitching phenomenally at double-A right now. And then you have Griff McGarry, who I think is on the verge of being called up as well. Those three guys, along with Justin Crawford, uh, the guy you drafted last year, who is Carl Crawford's son, which makes me feel incredibly old um, – those four guys, in my opinion, are, like, untouchable. Everybody else, for the most part, though, I'm like, I'll listen. See what you see what you can get for those two guys. Maybe you try to get a, a reliever in the mix or a bench player as well to kind of offset some stuff. Um, but that's what I'm looking at for the Phillies right now. The Chicago White Sox are firmly on my radar as a Phillies trade partner uh, this year because they have <laughs> positions of need that the Phillies desperately need right now. And, like I said, they're done with trades. So, 
take the shot. Why not? And the worst they say is a number you don't like, and then you move on and find another trade partner. Like it, it never hurts to just shoot the shot, especially with the position they're in, the position our division is in as a whole. It, it literally blows. Um, so I'd call it the the Guardians as well. They have a few pitchers in their rotation that are pretty solid. Um, maybe even still the Twins, even though they're bound mm-hmm. to possibly most likely make the playoffs. They still have really good pitchers in uh, in their rotation, and like I, they're probably willing to trade because, like I said, none of us are great. The Twins are division. that one team in baseball that make additions by subtraction somehow every single year they trade somebody away that it's like what are they doing but they get better they get better (laughs) it makes zero sense but they do that all the time all the time it makes no it makes who was it the uh the last time jose barrios yes yes and (laughs) he went to the toronto blue jays and he's been terrible with them and and the twins said boop and i was like they do this all the time all the time i was like never when we trade somebody away it's verlander like Two years out of his prime, and then we get exponentially worse. Like, what are we doing over there? It's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, the Chicago White Sox. I'm on. I'm on White Sox watch right now. Like, I am. I'm going to pay attention for the next month as closely to the White Sox that I do to the Phillies, just to keep an eye on their downfall. Because if they continue to lose, they're going to have to blow it up. That means. They're going to have a fire sale, and everybody's going to be calling the White Sox. And let's not forget, you know, the Angels, yes, they're playing pretty decent, but they're in a division that is a juggernaut division. They're two games over five hundred. Everyone's focus this uh, trade deadline is going to be, oh, do the Angels trade Shohei Otani before he hits the free agent market? Are they going to try to get a King's ransom for Shohei Otani? One, Shohei's probably not going to get traded because the Angels are going to do whatever they can in their power this offseason to sign him to a, a gazillion-year extension. And if he doesn't, he's going to go to a team that's going to give him a gazillion-year contract. Everyone's going to be eyes peeled on the Angels while I'm over here in the corner with my popcorn looking at the White Sox continuing to lose games and Dylan Cease's price being available, Lucas Giolito's price being available, Lance Lynn, Michael Kopech, hell, even Tim Anderson, like just in the grand scheme of MLB, see where Tim Anderson could end up if, you know, it keeps falling apart for them. That's a team I'm keeping an eye on for sure. Shout out quite for my Tim Anderson jersey. That's fire. I love Tim Anderson. <laughs> yeah, no, and the jersey's fantastic, but he's a great player. Um, I don't know where he would go, though. Kind of just like um, looking around the league, who needs an outfielder? Well, he's a shortstop. He feels like a an all-in move for like the Diamondbacks if they're still in the mix come July. He also feels like a very Dodgers move. Like, that is the stereotypical Dodgers trade deadline move. Let's go get a superstar and add him to this lineup. Plus, like, I would hate it, but they'd be so cool because they'd have Mookie Betts and Tim Anderson on their team. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Uh, Tim Anderson also kind of fits. Um, I'm trying to look here. and see. Weirdly, he's like a Yankees move, too. Oh, I would hate that. I would hate it exponentially. I would hate But that. it is such a Yankees move. Um, not like the captain isn't from Kalamazoo, but still, I would hate that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many like teams that are like mid right now, like the pirates 
are somehow like still in the mix at 26 and 26. The Brewers are three games over 500 leading their division. The Dodgers and Diamondbacks, the Giants are still hovering around 500. The entire NL East is still in the mix except for the, the Nationals. Hopefully the Marlins fall off sooner rather than later because I'm tired of their phony asses, you know, just continuing to be a thorn in everybody's side in the division. Um, but it's it's such a weird, like, everybody's like, oh, the sky is falling with their favorite team, especially with the Phillies and everything. It's like, yes, it's it's two months into the season pretty much now, but the way things have gone this MLB season, so many teams are in that mid-tier right now that season hasn't even really like shaken itself out to kind of see who truly is a pretender and a contender. Um, but we are on hashtag white Sox watch on this podcast. Now we will be paying attention just as closely to the white Sox as we are to the Phillies in completely different veins. So Chicago, how we doing? Let's keep it moving. Let's keep losing and uh, call Dave Dombrowski when you're ready to uh, swing a trade because we need it as the Braves just extended their lead to 11, four. Thanks to that. Ever petulant Austin Riley. Um, <laughs> White Sox, please lose to anyone not named the Twins. Beat the Twins as much as possible. Yeah, just go Tigers. It's, uh, instead of just keep swimming, just keep losing, just keep losing. Uh, as we always do, though, every single show, the NL East and pretty much MLB run differential check-in uh, brought to you by our friends over at Wasted Wedge. A new age of golf has arrived. And if you're looking to be the talk and envy of your group and create memories with your friends and family, look no further than the lineup of Wasted Wedge products and merchandise. These Wasted Wedges are a blast to drink shots out of. I want everybody to close their eyes and think way back to your college days when somebody was lugging around a giant shot ski at your, your party house of choice. And it was heavy as hell to lug around. There was hot glue involved, glass shot glasses, and it was just a mess. Wasted Wedge fix all, fixes all of this because it's collapsible. Did I go goes, to the wrong school? <laughs> Maybe. That's what it sounds like. Go dogs, baby. <laughs> Wasted Wedge, it's collapsible, fits in a carrying bag that fits right into the side pocket of a golf bag. You can bring this to your bachelor or bachelorette parties, just house parties in general. And it's great because it's plastic cups. It's easy to clean. You can use your alcohol of choice out of them. There's extenders as well to make them as long as you need them to be or collapse them to be as short as you need them to be. Bring them on the golf course. They're a ton of fun. It's going to revolutionize the fun you have on and off the course uh, with Wasted Wedge. So you need to check them out. Go to wastedwedge.com. Check out all of the products they have to offer. And find them and follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Wasted Wedge. Be sure to follow them. It means a lot when you go give them that follow on Instagram and Facebook and check out their entire lineup of products at WastedWedge.com. Remember the name Wasted Wedge and WastedWedge.com. Deej, we've got the NLE's run differential first up here. Uh, and this is obviously not updated with Sunday Night Baseball just yet, so it will change by the time you guys are listening or watching this episode. Right now, the first place Atlanta Braves, only team in the division with a positive run differential. I'll give you that clue there. They're 31 and 21 in action right now. What is their run differential, do you think? Plus four. They are at a whopping plus 55. Wow. 55 out of 10 games over 500. Uh, their expected win loss is what their win loss is right now 31 and 21. Uh, they're 14 and 14 at home, probably on the way to being 15 and 14 at home. 
but they're 17 and 7 on the road. Jeez. <laughs> That's Ro- next road level. dogs. That's next level. Road dogs. Um the Miami Marlins, two games over 500, 28 and 26. They have scored the least amount of runs in the National League East this season at 203. What is their run differential, Deech? And I'll give you so this. they're at, they're at the bottom of the division, yes. Okay. And they are, but they are no longer the worst run differential in the entire National League like they were the last time we recorded this podcast. They're at a solid negative one twenty seven. Well, that would be closer to the Oakland Athletics, um, but the Miami Marlins are at a negative 41 at two games over 500. They might as well be a negative 126. It makes no sense. They're the most ridiculous team in all of baseball. A negative 41 run differential, two games over 500. Their expected win-loss is 22-32. and 32. They are 28-26. and 26. They are overachieving to the max, and I'm tired of it. It's so dumb. They've scored the least amount of runs in the division. This is giving, like, <laughs> chaos. Being, like, Ugh. in the playoffs with a negative differential. Yeah, with like I'll say this. One win. They have scored the <laughs> least amount of runs in the National League That's crazy. so far this year. 203, they've given up 244, and they're two games over 500 and half a game up in the wild card. Sounds like when they lose, they lose bad, but when they win, they win. <sighs> they win, like, 3-2. Hey, a win is a win. <laughs> a win is a win. The Lowell New York Mets, 27-27. and 27. They're on deck for the Phils after this series against the Braves, so hopefully we can keep uh, pushing them down into the ground. Uh, they have an expected win loss of 26-28, and 28, so overachieving by one game. What do you think their run differential is at 500? Negative 37. Hopefully it'll be that after the first game against the Phillies. It's negative 13. Not too far off. (laughs) I want to beat the Mets so badly. And ruin their entire season. Those cicada-ass motherfuckers. Man said we need to beat them by 29. Yeah, it'll help the Phillies run differential a ton too. Because as we come to the soon-to-be 25-28 and Philadelphia Phillies, they are one and a half games out of the wild card right now. Oddly enough, uh, they have scored the third or no fourth. They have scored less runs than the Washington Nationals. Now that is pathetic. Um, <laughs> they're in fourth place. Their expected win loss right now. They're twenty five and twenty seven. Their expected win loss is twenty three and twenty nine. So a little overachieving right now from the Phils. What's their run differential? Negative eight. I fucking wish. It's negative 31. Uh, most of that came earlier in the year when they got blown out by the Texas Rangers 16 to 3, lost 13 to 3, I believe to the Cincinnati or 13 to 1 to the Cincinnati Reds. Um, so a lot of early season hole digging for the Phillies. Um, but hopefully they can work their way out of it against the putrid and pathetic New York Mets. Uh, the tough thing for the Phillies right now, they're 14 and 10 at home. Uh, they're four games into this road trip now. And they are 11 and soon to be 18 on the road. Need to fix the road record. Need to get the pitching fixed. Call the White Sox, Dave. Call them. Call the White Sox, Dave Dombrowski. Uh, The stolen franchise, Washington Nationals, 23 and 30. They're in last place in the National League. 
Uh, they've scored 226 runs, so they have scored more make... runs than the Phillies, uh, which is pathetic. Um, but how many? Uh, what's their run differential at 23 and 30? Negative 26, and does that make their merchandise stolen? Oh, it makes everything stolen. Okay. They, they stole from Montreal. They're a stolen franchise. I'm going to dox myself, but please do not arrest me for having stolen merchandise <laughs> in my house. Oh, no. You you purchased the stolen merch, so it's okay. Well, quite did, but yes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's stolen by proxy because they stole the franchise. Okay. I did, um, I, hey, I just had to clear my name and make sure I was okay. They have a negative 21 run differential. Very that, close. I've been the closest with that one. There we go. I'm getting uh, it. I'm getting so it. So the Nationals, they just need to keep losing. They're not a good team. Just make them keep losing. But don't give them the number one draft pick because I'm tired of them having ultra-talented stars that then eventually leave their team because they're a stolen franchise and they're pathetic. Um, but right now, National League worst run differential in the NL belongs to the Colorado Rockies now. It was the Marlins title for quite a while. The Rockies had a negative 49 Run differential at a 24 and 30 record. The best run differential belongs to the Braves, but not by much, uh, as they are at a plus 50. But we do have a team that is eerily similar to the Miami Marlins, and Matt and I equated them to kind of being this year's MLB version of the Minnesota Vikings, and it's oddly enough that they are relatively close. Uh, it is the Milwaukee Brewers, Deech. They are 28 and 25 in first place in their division. They have a negative 21 run differential. <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> they're not scoring, but they're three games over 500, and they have found a way to somehow just. Why can't the Phillies be like this? Drives me crazy. You don't want your team like that. I'd, I'd love to be in first place. I mean, sure, yeah, that part, <laughs> but the rest of it's that not part. okay. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> On the flip side, the Tampa Bay Rays, best run differential in all of baseball, I believe. Second best, plus 120, uh, leading the way in the AL East. The entire AL East, positive run differentials. Uh, the AL Central, everyone's negative except for the Minnesota Twins, very similar to the NL East. Twins, one game over 500, but a plus 42 run differential. Make that make sense. And we're like the exact opposite. The Twins' that, expected we? win losses, 31 and 22. They are underperforming so hard. It's ridiculous. Texas Rangers have the best run differential in all baseball. Uh, at plus 123. But here's the fun one, Deej. The 10 and 45 Oakland Athletics. Can you guess their run differential? Negative 153. They they wish it was the case. Negative 199. <laughs> it's not even Memorial Day as we record this yet. And they're almost at negative 200. And who do they have next on the schedule? And it drives me nuts as a Phillies fan. Who gets to play the Oakland A's next? The Atlanta fucking Braves. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> Unbelievable. Sick. <laughs> Unbelievable. What's the Tigers? Uh, the Tigers, sitting at 25 and 26, have a negative 48 run differential. Playing above expectation, though, because their expected win loss is 20 and 31. Oh, I know. So We haven't been expected to be good in a long time. <laughs> a long time. There you have it for the run differentials across the league brought to you by our friends over at Wasted Wedge. Deej, let's go from the diamond to the hardwood. Just a quick update on the Sixers coaching search. 
Uh, I was dying laughing. It is is bad to laugh at this, but there was like an explosion in Philadelphia that caused some black smoke to sift through the sky. There was a great tweet. The Sixers have not announced a new head coach yet. Uh, we love Pope memes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they may be on the verge, though, and it's brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer, the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's a refreshing light beer, 4.1% ABV, 127 calories, 10 grams of carbs. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker. See who's got Kenwood on tap this Memorial Day weekend for you in the Philadelphia area. Buy Kenwood at your local Philadelphia area liquor store or in eastern Pennsylvania. Get it at your local Whole Foods. Light body, light calories, plenty of flavor. The best light beer on the planet. Must be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Uh, the latest update is that Nick Nurse has declined and pulled out of uh, the Milwaukee Bucks coaching searches. They have since hired the Raptors assistant coach to be their next head coach, uh, which no slight to uh, their hire there, but kind of feels like a, a downgrade from Budenholzer, even though, yes, they, they didn't get over the hump this year as the one seed, but you, you won a championship over the last two years with Budenholzer at the helm. Kind of feels like a step back for the Bucks, just optically, to to move forward, hiring an assistant there. Um, and honestly, firing Budenholzer was kind of a surprise by me there. It made no sense, really. Um, but that's good news for the Sixers if you want Nick Nurse to be the head coach, because it seems like he's still firmly like the leader in the clubhouse because nobody else has interviewed for the job yet or met with him uh outside of frank vogel who i think was just finessing josh harris's private jet to get him to his family in wildwood because he's a wildwood new jersey native <laughs> stop it stop but yeah we love a good uh, finesse job hey you're getting ready to come home i'll, I'll use a coaching interview to, to take a private jet to wildwood i mean yeah that's yeah, that's a I great mean, that's great Forward thinking by Frank Vogel. Of course, but do you really think Frank Vogel's that forward thinking? I mean, he could be. He's been a head coach for many, many years. Won a championship. Whoa. Bubble chip. Whoa. He didn't do nothing. Mickey Mouse chip. He didn't do nothing. We all know why he won that chip. Yeah, the house of mouse. Nah, LeBron. Yeah, he had the, the house of mouse. He had the boy on his squad. You don't he, as a as a coach of him. You don't win a championship. He does. <laughs> you were just along for the ride. Hey, shout out to Wildwood. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, I don't know if Frank Vogel's that forward thinking. So, <laughs> shout out to you for giving him all those props. But I do like Nick Nurse as a coach in general. Um, I think he's done fantastic things with Toronto, keeping them relative. Um, I feel like it, <laughs> I feel like the NBA just keeps Toronto relative. So that they can like, that's the only Canada team. Like they have to be relative, but that dives into my whole thing about the NBA and a lot of other professional sports being rigged. So we won't go that far. <laughs> no, no, we won't do that. Um, but I, I mean, Nick Nurse to the Sixers, I'm okay with. I think he does well with um, managing stars and and their their playability, not getting them hurt. Making sure everybody feels comfortable, getting the team together, running plays that are synonymous to what you have in terms of talent. Like he's just a really good coach. So he has been known over the past couple of years since they won their championship to uh, have Tom Thibodeau syndrome, though, and like play guys like overly in the regular season, which has led to guys being either gassed for the postseason or getting injured in the postseason. 
So that does concern me a little bit, especially when you have Joel Embiid on the roster, um, who is just known to get freak injuries in the postseason, and it drives us nuts every single year. Um, so, I mean, Nick Nurse would be fine. It's fine for me. It doesn't really move the needle in terms of me being, uh, like, enticed and thrilled about the Sixers going into next season because it's the same old song and dance. And until they can even show a glimmer and glimpse of being able to be a team that has the pieces in place to get over the hump of the second round and, and the boogeyman that is the second round, I can't get juiced up. And Matt is the same way. He's been that way since the Hawks series. You can't get all hyped up about this team and this franchise just because you know the ending already. You know how it's going to end every single year. It has been that way since 2018. 2018 was like the first taste. We didn't know it was the first taste. Then the Kawhi shot happens. Then the bubble happens, which doesn't count because it's the bubble. And then 2021 is the Hawks series. Then the Heat happened in 2022. And then this year, you have a 3-2 lead over the Celtics. And then you have a chance to win it at home. You blow it there. And then you don't show up in Game 7. It is incredibly difficult to, to just put any ounce of like faith in this organization right now. Because that's where they have driven this fan base. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to being a Detroit fan. <laughs> in anything after you know that there was a collective groan over the entire state of Michigan when the Detroit Red Wings failed to make the playoffs that year because we knew it was over for everything we all just clung to the Red Wings making it over and over to the playoffs because that's what we had they left and well so did all of our souls because there is nothing to root for there. It it absolutely blows. Like people don't go to Pistons games to watch the game. They go for the experience, for the fan cam, for the drinks, like all of that stuff. Like there's nothing exciting about going and watching a Pistons game unless LeBron, the Sixers, like unless someone is in town. Other than that, it's that's how we were. That's what the process was for. And the process worked because you got the player like Joel Embiid that was the guy to help you get over the hump, and then you have to put the pieces around him. And as much as we want to talk shit about the Denver Nuggets and everything, look at them. They're in the finals for the first time in franchise history because their organization learned how to find the pieces to build around their superstar. The Sixers have failed to do that for Joel Embiid year in and year out, and I'm tired of the Jimmy Butler discourse because it is the most exhausting fucking thing online and seeing the revisionist history of every Sixers fan anytime Jimmy Butler has an iota of success makes me want to like put arrows through my head because who's to say Jimmy Butler would be the same player he is right now still staying on this Sixers roster he wouldn't be he wouldn't be he'd be he'd still be Jimmy but he'd be a different type of Jimmy Butler yeah and he'd still probably be wildly successful and still the best player Joel Embiid has ever played with in his career. But the revisionist history that everybody seems to have when it comes to Jimmy Butler just drives me nuts. It, it's over. We it, it happened like four years ago. It's done. Like, stop the fucking Jimmy Butler discourse. I'm tired of it. It sucks. Did they, they I mean, choose the wrong fork in the road? 90% no. yes. No, because Jimmy Butler actually hasn't been this good on any team that isn't the Miami Heat. 
He was good with the Sixers. I mean, sure, but like, did he make an NBA Finals? No. Well, he has only made the NBA Finals with the Miami Heat. Like, he's only been this level of good with the Miami Heat. Well, here's my thing with Jimmy. The Kawhi shot happened, which is the most freak thing to ever happen in NBA history. That's the year Jimmy's on the on the Sixers. Then the organization decides, we're going to give Tobias Harris the fucking bag and bid against ourselves because nobody else was giving Tobias Harris that contract except the Philadelphia 76ers. There was no need to do it. That set you back years in terms of just cap maneuverability and what you were able to do getting players on this roster. But then the other thing that gets overlooked because we we try to block it from our memories and everything as we should because he was a spy. He was an he was an insider spy for the Boston Celtics signing Al Horford <laughs> to that dumbass contract. <laughs> that is the true, you know, Jimmy had the viral clip last year, Tobias Harris over me. No, the Sixers actually chose Al Horford over you, which is even worse. It's even worse. That's where the fork in the road happened. You paid Tobias Harris and Al Horford instead of Jimmy Butler. You chose Ben. You chose to keep Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler, which, again, revisionist history, ended up being a mistake. It ended up being a mistake in the long run because Ben Simmons can't play basketball anymore. So, yes, while at the time it was like, okay, maybe it was just a yips thing or maybe it was just a confidence thing with Ben. Let's try it again. Daryl Morey had to literally convince Joel Embiid while they were out playing tennis in the summer to stay in Philadelphia because he was tired of the bullshit. And that's what put the pieces in place for James Harden to end up on the Sixers. And now, obviously, I, I swear to God, if James Harden ends up going to Houston and the Houston Rockets do not get the biggest tampering fine of all fucking time, I, Adam Silver... You won't like me when I'm angry. I mean, is it really tampering, or did he hit them up and say, I want to come home? The Sixers lost two second-round draft picks for signing Daniel House and P.J. Tucker because of tampering. The James Harden going back to Houston thing has been a storyline since goddamn Christmas. That doesn't mean it's tampering. (laughs) Who threw it out there in the first place? Probably Tillman fucking Fertitta trying to get back hey, at Daryl Morey. Imagine if it was just James Harden himself on a burner. That too. <laughs> just like, hey, I'm trying he to come home. He probably threw it out the window like that fucking cake with little Baby on the boat. I'm trying to go home. We out to the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the worst mistake of his life. I would love it as a basketball. Like, just an overarching basketball fan that I am, like... LeBron's on his way out. Like I don't even want to talk about that right now. Um, just that would be chaotic. And listening to the main pod and you guys do this about mm. it for, for an hour and a half would be fucking awesome. To see the Rockets still be awful with James Harden there, but he's going for forty point triple doubles again would be awesome. Like <laughs> he can barely get off the ground. I know. I don't know how he's going to triple double in Houston unless like That's he his... gets literal rockets onto his fucking I mean, shoes. He just might. It's going to be like like Mike. He could just go go back there and turn back into the old beer. Like he's just going to be lit. He get back. He like oh I'm home. Ready for liftoff. Like fucking Jimmy Neutron. Step back. Got a blast. Oh, my God. Oh. I hate this fucking team. 
I hate this team. Uh, a team I don't hate, though, is the Philadelphia Union, because they're right. They're back on track, ladies and gentlemen. It's brought to you by our friends over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. DJ, been, we've been wearing our Tomahawk Shades all weekend long, covering college lacrosse at the link this weekend, protecting our eyes from the sun. Memorial Day is here. Summertime is here. When you're outside, you should be protecting your eyes, and Tomahawk Shades is the place to go. It's an affordable product for a fraction, fraction of the big eyewear companies, and it is pristine quality. Um, they're, they're the best. They've been rocking with us for three years now, and best sunglasses I've ever put on my face. The quality is unmatched. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Get their sunglasses, get blue light glasses to protect your eyes when you're staring at screens, get your prescription lenses, and when you go to check out, use code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. That's TomahawkShades.com, code USP for 25% off. Union right back in it. We talked about them on Wednesday's show, that they were you know, they were fifth in the table. They get a big win over uh, New York City FC on Saturday. Um, after the big win against New England last Saturday, 3-1 over New York City to bump themselves up to uh, fourth place in the table, one point back of being in a virtual tie as of this moment uh, for second place. Nashville currently losing uh, 1-0 in their match against, I forget who they're playing actually. Columbus. Against Columbus right now. It's halftime in that match as we record this. Um, Union with 24 points, New England and Nashville tied with 25, and then Cincinnati's up top of the table with 33 points. So still relatively in range for the union. Um, but they're right back on track. They're figuring things out. They're finding their stride. And like Matt and I have talked about a ton and Matt brought this up when it happened, having the number one seed in the MLS playoffs now isn't as important as it has been in years past. Um, so it's not like a thing where it's like the union need to gun for that one. seed. you need to have it get into the dance as we've seen with, all of our teams just get in and see what happens. I think if the if the union finish anywhere from you know two through four, they're in good shape. Two and three are obviously fantastic because then you kind of help yourself avoid the one seed as much as possible and work your way and hope everybody else takes care of everyone. But the one seed is not a, a necessary thing like it was last year. Um, but they're working their way up, and we talked about it on Wednesday. They've got very winnable matches coming up. Uh, throughout the month of June. Obviously, they have a match on Wednesday, the last day of May, against Charlotte, um, who right now are the seventh seed uh, in the East. So a winnable match. Take care of business at home against Charlotte on Wednesday night. You're looking good. Then you play Montreal, San Jose, Orlando City, Inter-Miami. That's your June schedule. Those teams right now, Orlando City is the eighth seed. Montreal is the 10 seed. Inter-Miami is in dead last, bottom of the table uh, in the East, 15th overall, if you want the designation there. And then the other team, Orlando City, San Jose, um, in the Western Conference. San Jose is the fifth seed. So your best team you're playing is a team out West, the five seed in the West in San Jose, who only have 19 points this year, so it's not like they're a juggernaut five seed. Uh, and the West is way, way down from where it was last year. There's four teams with 20-plus points. Uh, right now in terms of the East, every single team except for DC United, who are the nine seed, who get into the playoffs and the play-in now, um, one through eight in the East have at least 20 points. So the East is a much more competitive uh, conference this year. 
the union just keep finding their way. They've made adjustments, and Jim Curtin is, if not the best, one of the best managers in all of MLS. They're going to find their way. They're going to be back on track going into the summer, and that's an exciting thing coming off of an unfortunate loss in the MLS Cup to be right back into it as the Phillies officially lose 11-4 to the Braves. Good riddance, on to the Mets. Um, but the Union are right back in it, and they have a very winnable schedule in June to really set themselves up for success in terms of inching closer to the top of the table. Yeah, and what a lot of people don't realize with with soccer – is it's a longevity game with the season. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of want to use the beginning of season like any other sport does to figure out your kinks. When you win those games, you're excited to win them cuz they do mean something later on in the season like they're kind of loose ones like yes, you know, we're glad that we beat so and so and beat so and so cuz it helps with this loss here. But the middle of the season is where you really want to hit that stride cuz that's when you play a lot of conference play. That's when you know you have found your lineup that you run with and you found your sub pattern that you're going to run with and you're looking to get that chemistry and get that flow of how you want to play, how you want to attack, you know, just everything about the game, how you want to play defense. That's what you use the middle of the season for. You try and go on a long run and stack up a few wins so that toward the end you can rest a little bit but also still play consistently and keep a, a solid amount of momentum to take into the playoffs like that is how you want to manage your soccer season the union seem to be doing that in in flawless you know perfection uh what's the word i'm looking for execution Mm -hmm. flawless execution like beginning of the season sounded very rough like they were figuring some things out getting to the spot so many games they're in the Concacaf champions league then they had uh u.s open cup so it's like all these other non-MLS action games that you have to also prepare for during the week and having multiple games, you know, like more than likely playing three games in a week span almost, that's tough. So, I mean, finally having a consistent schedule now has, I think, figured some things out. They can game plan more properly, knowing who the opponents are going to be now week in and week out. I think it's a massive thing for the union moving forward. And before we know it, they're going to be right back in first place. And, I mean, even if they're not, kind of where they are now is a good spot. You want to be kind of just in the top four. It keeps you from being in danger of moving down into that play-in. It keeps you from playing someone who's been playing well all Mm -hmm. year in the first round of the playoffs. It keeps you kind of just in that upper echelon so that you can prepare yourself for the playoff, take that first game very serious that you win, but still use it to sharpen some things before you see some very – don't want to say legit, but a little more worrisome competition. Mm-hmm. Competition that you know that you have to actually prepare for or, and, and, you know, that you have to bring your A game for and a few mental mistakes will cost you, that that kind of thing. So they're in a very good spot, if you ask me. Um, and I watch tons of uh, USL, just uh, USL, mm-hmm. well, one with uh, the Detroit FC. So – I, I 100% sorry Detroit City FC sorry cuz Detroit FC is is um Yeah <laughs> my brain just stopped working for a second. I'll it's have M- uh <laughs> is MLS um but Detroit City so like I I understand kind of the ebb and flows of a season. Like Detroit City last year is doing exactly what the Union did but just not as great. Like 
They worked out the Kings beginning of the year, hit a good stride in the middle, and then ta- tapered off at the end, but did enough to make the playoffs. Lost in the first round was what it was. This year is the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. We have won one game, and we look like dog shit. <laughs> so don't do what we're doing. <laughs> Continue to do what you're doing. <laughs> and they just Philadelphia Union fans, just you're in a good spot. Relax. Don't worry about it. Just keep going to games in that awesome stadium. Subaru Park is fantastic, and I'm, I I want to own a Subaru, so there's that as well. Um, I, I love that stadium, though, so just keep going. Keep filling it out. Have a great time there, and the union will be the union as they have been the past yeah, we'll, years. We'll be good. We'll figure things out as they the summer rolls around. The schedule gets a little more clear, uh, but we're about to go see no free ads, but shout out to the, the man, the myth, the legend, the machine. We're about to go watch Burt Kreischer's new movie, The Machine. Uh, I'll have a review for it on streamer season this week, faux show. Um, and let us know if you're seeing the machine this weekend. Shout out to Burt Kreischer. Absolute goddamn legend he is. Um, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash underground sports PHI. Follow Deej on Twitter at SCS underscore next great. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the pod feed on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star review. It goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow. Helps up to something season come to fruition. So go subscribe. Be a friend. Tell a friend. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. Every podcast on our network in full video form, clips, live streams, shorts, interviews, all of it on our YouTube channel. We're at 507 subscribers right now, trying to get to 600 by the end of June. Go subscribe, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Big thank you uh, to our awesome partners, Main Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland for their continued support of this podcast. Go get your merch at phiapparel.co, code underground for 10% off any and all orders. And of course, this podcast is presented by the city of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or are a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development approval process. Their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. This has been episode number 537 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Stay tuned for an unbelievable man on the street video coming to the YouTube channel soon this week from the parking lots of the link at the NCAA championship weekend for lacrosse for Deej. I'm KB. We're getting the heck up out of here. Let us know if you're seeing the machine till Wednesday night, myself, Matt and Deej recapping survivor 44. We're getting the heck up out of here. Peace. I'm a